0: This audio podcast is from the River Church in Fort Worth, Texas. We hope God uses it to encourage and grow your relationship with Christ. For more information about the River Church, visit us online at theriverdfw.com or facebook.com backslash theriverdfw. Well, good morning, River Church. I am so glad that you're watching online with us here today. Do me a quick favor. If you're new here, maybe you have some questions uh, or if there's anything that I can be praying with you about. Don't forget to fill out that communication card that you see there listed in the comments on this post. It's a great way for us to connect with you um, and to help us love and serve you. Uh, well, also, let me reiterate what Trent said uh, to check out our website at theriverdfw.com where you can find great kids' resources, encouraging blogs and articles, and where you can even worship online through tithes and offering. Uh, all right, so enough about that. Uh, we are getting into week two of our new series, End of the Night Thriving in the Valley, uh, where we've been looking at some stories in the Bible about suffering and some difficult valleys that people have to walk through. And last week, if you were with us, we talked about the story of Job, a guy who had some terrible days uh, and how God revealed himself to Job in some incredible ways through that valley. And our theme verse came from Psalm 23 that said, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Uh, and you probably knew that verse before I even said it. As a matter of fact, you could probably quote that verse because it's an extremely popular verse. This week, our theme verse is another incredibly popular verse. It comes from Jeremiah 29.11. It's, it's one of the most well-known passages in the Bible. I've seen it on Facebook being posted by people over the last few months, uh, which is great. Uh, and it's one that you probably have highlighted in your Bible. Uh, it's a verse that gives us comfort And peace in the storm. It's a verse where God is saying, "Hey, trust me. I I have good plans for you. I have hopes for you." Uh, And and it helps us when we need that reminder and when we need that encouragement. Um, But as always, context is really key to all things, right? Because God wasn't just saying these things to them for no reason. Like He didn't just drop out of the sky and be like, "Hey, guys, I got some. I got some hope for you or some peace for you. Like here's here's some good stuff, right?" No, there was a reason why God was saying these things to the Hebrew peoples because they were people who at the time were suffering. It was a people who at the time were in an incredible valley. And and the story actually where God comes and tells these things to the Hebrew people is, is a pretty crazy story. And I'll, I'll give you like the very short version real quick before we continue on. Um, the Hebrew people have this kingdom uh, in Jerusalem, and, and you probably know King David or King Solomon. Uh, and while those guys were in charge, things went pretty well, right? Um, but then they would get these new kings who didn't really love God or serve God or follow God, and when that would happen, you would just see things go downhill. It would it would get bad, and so. They kind of go through these cycles of good king, bad king, good king, bad king. And, and while they're going through one of these cycles, the Babylonian Empire is building itself up. And it's on the rise, and it becomes this powerful empire. They show up on the doorstep of Jerusalem, which was the Hebrew capital, and they siege it, which means they surround it with their armies, and they basically don't allow any supplies in or out, and they starve the people out. They, they can't leave, right? Some of us Maybe we know what that feels like, right? Uh, and so eventually, as they're sieging Jerusalem, Jerusalem gives up. And the Babylonians give them this offer. They say, hey, here's what we'll do. We'll basically let you pay us taxes, and we'll set up like some kings and some leaders. And if you do that, we'll more or less leave you alone, let you be. You just kind of be subject to us. And so they, the, the Israelites or the Jewish people, they agree to this. And for a while, things go well. Uh, But as seemingly usually happens, uh, one of the kings of the Hebrew people decides, I'm not going to listen to what God's saying. Uh, I'm not going to follow what God's commanded. And he makes an alliance with Egypt to try to overthrow or really get out of this agreement with Babylon and kind of get out from under Babylon. So they, they do this and as you can imagine it does not go well uh, the babylonians one of the greatest empires in the world at this time <laughs> get upset they come in and they conquer the hebrew people and then they exile them back to babylon and maybe you're listening to this or watching this morning and you're going what is what's exile exactly it means they come in and they remove them from their homes their lives and they take them to a foreign land take them to babylon and say, now you belong to us, right? Now this is this is your new home, right? For us, right now we're quarantined in our homes, but at least we have the comfort of home. We have our stuff, we got our friends and family, we got Netflix, right? We have we have the comfort of home. They had all the comforts of home taken away. And they get taken to a new country as subjects and as a conquered people. And it's in this context. That God speaks those words to a conquered and crushed people, a people who have lost everything, a people who have no hope at the moment. He says in Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, for I know the plans I have for you. And this is the Lord's declaration, plans for your well-being and not disaster to give you a future and a hope. What incredibly comforting words at the perfect time. But you know what's interesting is that these are not the only words that God says to them. As a matter of fact, he has a lot to say to them. And there's a lot that we can learn from this story about how it relates even to us today in dark moments. And how it can relate to us even today in valleys that we face. So what I kind of want to do today is I want to go back to the beginning of this passage and see some of the things that God rolls out and, and lays out for the Hebrew people uh, leading up to verse 11. Because it's, it's not all just fuzzy, you know, hey, here's some hope for you. But God gives them some practical and good things that they can do to help them thrive in this incredible valley that they're facing. So I, I want us to learn from that. So let's jump back, actually, all the way back to verse 4. Uh, Where it picks up and he says, this is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel says to all the exiles. I deported, I deported from Jerusalem to Babylon, build houses and live in them, plant gardens and eat their produce. Uh, You know, at the time that this is happening, uh, Jeremiah, who writes this letter from God to the people, there are a lot of false prophets Around, Right. A lot of people that the Bible says are false prophets. And these people are saying things like, hey, don't worry. God's going to take us right back to Jerusalem. Like it's going to be over soon. Uh, just wait it out. Everything's going to be fine. Don't don't worry about it. And, you know, we, we kind of know what it's like to have mixed messages right now. Don't worry, like like one day here. Don't worry. Tomorrow, everything's going back to normal. And then I, you know, change the new, the channel and it's like nothing's going to be the same until 2030. Right. So we kind of understand a little bit about mixed signals. For, for the Hebrews here, these false prophets are saying things like, hey, it's, it's all good, it's going to be over, just wait it out, which sounds nice, right? I, I would like those words. But for the Hebrew people in this moment, that wasn't the truth. That wasn't the truth. This wasn't going to be over soon. In fact, this exile that these people are in is going to last a long time, many of their lives, some of them all of their lives, right? And maybe you're in this and you're going, all right, so what are you saying? Are you saying this is going to last forever? Like this, the, the valley, are you saying it's going to last forever? And I'm, I'm not because I have no idea, right? I don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow, okay? Um, but I do think that because of the things happening in our, in our world right now, our world has changed forever, right? Like we don't know the ways it's going to impact our lives or how it's going to be different. But it is different, right? Like I, I don't know. Are you gonna are you gonna shake somebody's hand the first time you see them when when we can all everything's lifted and we're out of quarantine, right? And some of you are like, I didn't want to shake people's hands before, so this is great, right? But but who knows? We we don't know how this is going to affect our world. But what we know is when we face valleys in our lives, and not even talking about COVID nineteen, but valleys in our lives, they do change our lives, don't they? Like like things don't ever just go back to a hundred percent normal. There there's always some kind of lingering effects. And and let me say this, it's okay for you to grieve that. It's okay for you to be upset about that. Like when we have these huge valley moments in our lives, whether it's this COVID-19 or it's the loss of a loved one, uh, it's it's a problem at work, it's sickness, it's a divorce, it's, you know, name the list. It's okay to grieve what's lost. It's okay to be sad, you know, but, but then what? What do we do with these feelings and emotions after we've felt them and lived in them for a while? What God told the Hebrew people was build homes, live, plant gardens, eat their produce. And and what I'm encouraging us to do today is build homes in this valley live in this valley look for ways uh, to find a normal where we can live and enjoy life god tells them hey plant gardens produce new things invest right like what happens when you plant what what happens when when you invest right katie has a garden in our backyard and and the other night we ate some squash from it right what happens it's it's hard work it's time consuming but eventually you eat and god's telling the hebrew people in this moment Don't just sit around and feel sad, right? Again, it's okay to grieve, but in time, build, plant, reap, right? Plant, and there will be a harvest. What does that mean for you and I in the valley? Um, For me as a pastor, God has specifically been using it to say to me, don't just wait for this to pass, but work hard, invest in your church, love your people, Learn new technologies and and try to do what you can to reach and impact lives. And I believe that if we do that and as our team works hard, then maybe in this season, we're going to see people give their lives to Jesus. Uh, We're going to see people find a home at the River Church. We'll see people have their lives changed. And that in this moment, right, for me as a pastor, we're trying to build homes and plant gardens. We're we're working hard so there's a harvest, so that people's lives are impacted by Jesus. People will have their lives changed by Jesus, even in the valley. What what does that look like for you? You know, in the valley, God says, don't just sit and mourn, it's okay to grieve, but eventually build and plant. And if you do that, there will be a harvest. There There is a purpose for you in this valley, find it. God then continues on in verse six and he says, Find wives for yourselves, and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons, and give your daughters to men in marriage, so that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there, and do not decrease. Remember, God is saying this to the Hebrew nation in captivity, but using this idea as an example what, what does that mean for us? And I know you're hearing the words multiply, and you got husbands looking at their wives and wives looking at their husbands, and I, I'm not going there today, okay? That's, that's for you. You talk about that amongst yourselves, okay? But outside of that idea, here's how I think this would apply to us. And, and I think it even brings that invest in the harvest idea. We've got to take care of our families and loved ones right now. We, we've got to use the valley to invest in relationships, valleys in our lives, Put a lot of press or pressure uh, and stress on our most important relationships, don't they? And, and in those moments, they can either refine that relationship and bring you closer together, um, or they can make you stressed and separate the relationship. Um, let, let me give you a little an example of maybe both, but really how in the end it can come together. Uh, the other day, this week actually, we had a terrible day at my house. Katie's gonna be watching this. She's gonna be mad at me for saying but we had a terrible day at our house. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. Like you wake up, you look at your children, and they have this look in their eyes that looks like it's some from some kind of wild beast, wild animal, and you know this is not gonna be a good day, right? And it was not a good day. Katie and I. We're, we're on edge with each other all day, uh, like we're, we're frustrated, angry. The kids are crying. They're fighting with each other all day. Um, it, it, was, it was miserable, man. Uh, and then finally, grace from heaven comes down, and it's time to put the children down to bed for the night, right? Praise Jesus, right? Um, normally, in that moment, because uh, we've had days like that before, it kind of in frustration, Katie and I would just, after we got the kids down, we just go our separate ways, go to different rooms, veg out, watch TV, or you know whatever that might look like. Because um, at this point, you, we're tired of everybody, right? We're all tired. Everybody's tired, right? Um, but instead, I go out into the backyard and lay in my hammock, and I'm there for a few minutes, and then Katie comes out. She gets in it with me, and uh, this this moment happens where somebody says something, and then the next thing when we know we're just laughing with each other like loud for two hours about how awful our day was. And we just laughed and like the laughing where you're like crying because you're laughing so hard. And I'm sure I know our neighbors heard us and they thought we're crazy. And a few of my neighbors go to the River Church. So sorry about that. Um, But they're probably listening and hearing like they're either terrible parents or insane. Um, But what I'll say is that moment, that crazy moment, that crazy day brought to you by COVID-19 really brought us closer together. As a matter of fact, I would say it was the closest we felt to each other in a long time. That insane day brought us together even by accident. Uh, And in the valley, there's opportunities for you to grow closer together to the people you love. In in the valley, uh, we need to take care of our circle. We need to encourage our friends. We need to text each other and call each other and, and find ways and opportunities to love each other and grow closer together. You know, adversity and valleys can bring us together, right? We're going to know each other deeper and our love for one another is going to be deeper because of this time in the valley together. And I would say don't, don't take that for granted. So build, plant, reap, care for your circle of friends and family in this moment. And in verse 7, God's going to share with us a little bit about how he's going to and well, he really takes us from that immediate circle to looking at the world from a bigger perspective and and a bigger view. He says in verse 7, Pursue the well-being of the city I have deported you to. Pray to the Lord on its behalf for when it thrives, you will thrive. You know, in the valley it's easy to become me-focused and It's easy to just focus our eyes on ourselves, right? Because when we grieve over loss, it's easy to go from grief, which is healthy, to pity, which is unhealthy, right? Pity makes us self-centered and self-focused. Um, in the context of the Hebrew nation, um, they've been taken into captivity again by the Babylonians. They're now in a new city, a city of their enemies, uh, a city of the people that they hate. And God says, "Pray for their good." Like, could could you imagine that? Like, no, no, God, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that, right? It's so incredibly counterintuitive to how we're wired, right? And even now we see it, don't we? Because even now. Uh, so much of our news is focused on who we should blame for the pandemic or which leader is at fault or which country started it and who we need to be upset about upset with, right? Instead, maybe we should follow God's command for the Israelites in captivity and pray for our leaders. Maybe we should be praying for those countries that are impacted the most instead of trying to figure out whose fault it is, you know, because regardless of how we feel, People are hurting. Regardless of how we feel, there's people who need the help of God. There's people who who need a church that will rise up and love them and make a difference in their lives. In the valley, God says, pray for the good of your city. He also says, seek its well-being. What that means is do good. And I want to tell you right now, we have a pretty cool opportunity to do good in our church through our I Love My City team. There are several people in our church who work in hospitals uh, and healthcare, and they need masks for their hospitals. And so one way we as a church are trying to do good is to do our small part uh, to help them get masks, uh, which I think is the least we can do. And so we're asking uh, if you can sew, maybe you can help us sew some masks. And, and so if you're interested in that, if you're interested in doing good in this way, uh, shoot me an email or shoot us an email at info at the That's info at the And we'll tell you how you can get involved. We'll give you some details on how you can get involved in, in this project. And uh, maybe you're listening and you're like, well, Mike, I can't sew, but I, I would love to help. Uh, One option that you have, if you would like to, uh, you can actually donate financially to help us purchase masks and materials for masks. If you'd like to do that, you can go to theriverdfw.com, hit the Give Online option, and when you do that, there's a place where you can select an envelope or you can type in what envelope you'd like to give towards and just type in Masks. Right there. And by the way, many of you guys have already done that. We just put in an order for 80 masks. So that's phenomenal. Thank you for doing that. Um, And it's in the valley that we want to pray for the good of our city and we want to look for opportunities to do good for our city. Okay. Uh, And so again, as all this continues, we'll be on the lookout for more opportunities. Follow our social medias at the River DFW uh, and we'll continue to update on how we as a church can do that, how we can try our best to do good and be a difference maker in this moment. So plant, or build, plant, reap, Care for your circle of friends and family. Pursue the well-being of your city. Pray for it. And then God's going to go on in verses 8 and 9, and he's going to warn the Hebrew people about the voices that they listen to, those, those false prophets that we talked about a little bit earlier uh, today. That He tells them, hey, those guys are full of deception. They're full of lies. But we, we need to protect ourselves. And this, this applies so much to us today. We need to protect ourselves from the voices that we listen to. We, we need to listen to voices that speak truth to us. We need to listen to voices that lead us to Jesus. And so God goes through all of this, and then we finally, after he says all that, come to that famous verse where God says to the Israelites in this incredible way, verse 10, for this is what the Lord says. When 70 years of Babylon are complete, I will attend to you and will confirm my promise concerning you to restore you to this place. For I know the plans I have for you. And this is the Lord's declaration plans for your well being, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. What's he saying to them? Specifically, he's telling the Hebrew people that after 70 years, I'm going to take you home. One day you're going to be home. One day this will all be over. One day I'm going to restore you. Why? Because I have good plans for you. I have plans for you that will give you a future. I have plans for you that that will give you hope. And 70 years later, God fulfills that promise and he takes them home. The Babylonians end up being conquered by the Persians and the Persian king Cyrus the Great comes in and tells the Hebrew people that they can go home. By the way, this is the first time in history something like this had happened. Like no country had ever been conquered, exiled, and then got to return home. So God doesn't just fulfill his promise. He does something that has never been done in the history of mankind. God was faithful in the valley. And you know what? God is still faithful in the valley. What this means for us in our valley today and the valleys we face In the future, it means that we need to build, plant, and reap where we can. It means we need to care for our circle of friends and family. It it means we need to pray for our city and do good where we can. And it means we need to trust in the Lord and His faithfulness. We need to live with hope that He has a future for us. We need to trust that He's going to guide us through the valley and be faithful all the way. And just like for the Hebrew people, it may not look like what we expect. As a matter of fact, his answer to our prayers right now may be something you've never seen before in your life. But he's faithful, and you can trust in his faithfulness. And finally, he says these words in verse 12. You will call to me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. Finally, River Church, I want to say to you this morning is that in in this valley and in all valleys, if we will seek him, if we will seek the king with all of our heart, you're going to find him. One of the best things that could come out of this time in our lives is that we would seek Jesus and find him that he says to us, pray to me, seek me, I'll listen to you. I've been on some phone calls with uh, a lot of people in our church this last week and the weeks before where we're praying specifically and we're calling out to God and asking Him to help us because we need Him right now. You need Him right now. He promises us, if you will seek me, you will find me. He says, I will listen to you and you will find me. Some of us are seeing God in completely new ways right now because of this valley. R- River Church, let's find Jesus in this valley. But let's seek him today. And I know this means something different for all of us. We're all going through this valley and having different trials right now, whether it's struggling with debt, struggling for a job, or health or fear. But seek him today with all your heart. And, and, and maybe... You know, maybe for you, that's even seeking him for the first time. Maybe you've been in church a few times, or you used to go to church, but you don't go anymore. Or you've played around with the idea of, of God and having a relationship with him, but you never you never sought him with your whole heart. Maybe he's never really been your God. Maybe he's never really been your Savior. And because of all these things happening in our world, you're realizing how greatly you need a Savior and a God. What if something God does in this valley is save your soul? If that's that's you today, talk to him right now. Seek him right now. Have a moment with God right now. Ask him to be your God and your Savior right now. How incredibly cool would that be? If you do that, if you're watching and, and you decide to do that today, please fill out that digital communication card because... That will come straight to me, and I would love to talk to you. I would love to help you find your next steps. I would love to pray with you and help you get connected. Um, I would love to baptize you. (laughs) I I want you to know God loves you. River Church, God loves you. So do I. Build, plant, reap, take care of your circle, pray for your city, do good, trust in the Lord's faithfulness for a hope and a future Seek him with all that we are right now, and you will find him today. I love you. Hey, don't forget about those great resources. You can have Kids Church, read encouraging articles, worship through tithes and offering, all, all on our website, theriverdfw.com. If you'd like more information about serving through sewing masks or donating even towards that project, email us at infotheriverdfw.com. At uh, and if there's anything we can do for you today, don't forget, fill out that digital communication card. All right, River Church, I love you. I'll see you soon.